0: having a wonderful day i know i am and i hope everyone's having a wonderful week christmas is one week away and honestly i am excited i mean it's christmas who isn't excited about christmas okay maybe quite a few people not excited about christmas but anyway happy holidays and let's go ahead and get started with the last episode of the year first we're going to get into it with comics and talk about dark web yes the issue we went over last week they're already starting with this event and the first issue on this is the X-Men issue so uh, this starts off with the X-Men dealing with the demons at the Rockefeller Center so they're dealing with the big Christmas tree they're dealing with all these different demons attacking from Limbo so the X-Men knows who's behind this because of course Magic used to rule over Limbo and recognize who these guys are so they decide to split up their team Gene Magic Scott and Alex Go to Limbo to either try to fight the Goblin Queen or talk her out of this entire plan. While they're there, Iceman, Forge, and Firestar are gonna deal with all the demons running around. Forge uses his new gun to spray uh, Crooka vines, I can never pronounce their homeland, and basically stop their demons and their place because apparently they have a magical binding contract not to attack anything from Kowalka or like the island itself so I guess the vines count as that so every time they're sprayed with this they can't move anyway the Christmas tree at the Rockefeller Center turns alive and begins attacking and swishing Uh, they start to attack it it begins to fall and Spider-Man joins into the fray and it turns into basically Spider-Man and his super friends It's amazing because I mean, if you watch the old cartoons in Boomerang, you know about this show, how they used to have all three of them work together and all that stuff. So they're working together and they attack the tree. Firestar burns it. And as a last resort, Iceman just flash freezes it making things worse (laughs) i'm serious it it really gets bad and what i mean is when he flash freezes it it has this horrific face and everyone's like booing them and it's hilarious (laughs) anyway uh spider-man quips that they should never work together again because their power set does not complement each other which is hilarious and all three of them uh, basically go their separate ways Now, like I said, it was fun to see all three of them for a little bit, especially with them having history with the TV show, and while this is all happening, in Limbo, the team gets captured by sleeping demons. Gene and Magic are trapped in a spell, while Alex and Scott are trapped in the cell with the Goblin Queen knocking them out and saying they're going to have fun together. It was a really great issue, I loved it, the jokes were funny. Them just flash freezing the Christmas tree and it being horrific was just icing on the cake. And I mean, the one thing I will say and criticize about this comic is the X-Men team being nerfed so they can be captured. That seemed a little heavy handed, especially after what? Surviving freaking judgment? Oh yeah, sleeping demons. Sleep, sleep. Anyway. Like I said, it was fun and definitely better than this upcoming issue, which is Spider-Man issue number 15, which follows up from the previous Darkwet comic. Spider-Man leaves the Rockefeller Center, heading to Oscorp after getting a distress call from Norman, where we last left him was getting the brakes beaten off of him from Ben. So when he goes to Oscorp, he finds Norman knocked out and Ben standing over him. Peter's... I cannot speak today... Peter is relieved to find that Ben is still alive and is shocked to find out when he is ris- that he's responsible for this entire mess. Before he can do or say anything, he is attacked by Venom. They begin to fight Spider-Man trying to talk to Eddie but finding out that he's reverted back to his um, dumber state. And Spider-Man being at a disadvantage because his spider sense doesn't work begins to run. Now, in my opinion, this is really, really stupid because he was trained by Shang-Chi to work and basically make his own style of martial arts that doesn't need his spider sense. But of course, Zeb Wells forgot about it like everything else he has done. I know I shouldn't be mad, but it's really really stupid. I mean, why didn't he use his freaking goblin go- uh, bombs, the ones that are OP? But oh, nope. We just got to go with whatever comes next. Anyway, uh basically Spider-Man begins to find that he is at a disadvantage, still stupid. Anyway, uh while this is happening, Miss Marvel shows up and is quickly trapped by Ben, and is transported into hell, or limbo. Now, Eddie gets uh, on top of Spider-Man, Spider-Man gets away, and he grabs a lighter and a match, and lights something on fire. Now, Eddie's laughing, because that small piece of fire isn't really going to do much to him, and Spider-Man shows it to the trees that are demonized, and says, hey, I'm going to burn you alive, and they all begin to screech at a very, very, high frequency, which allows the symbiote to go crazy, giving Spider-Man an opening to basically knock him out. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, Ben makes a trip to J. Jonah Jameson's office, no idea what he does there. Goblin Queen makes an appearance and the Spider-Man allows them to take Eddie, without doing anything or stopping them. Goblin Queen mentions that Spider-Man has his own troubles and Ben is there ready to fight. So, I gotta say, this issue was very weak and seemed very stupid because a lot of the stuff that was happening they're like oh hey check out this comic that explains this check out this that goes into this or hey we know these characters are in this event but you guys gotta buy their own comics venom issue number 14 miss marvel dark web issue one to know what's gonna happen next and honestly it seems stupid like why why are you shoehorning miss marvel Like, really? It made no sense. I'm like, what is she doing here? Out of all the heroes that could have shown up, Miles, Nova, Riri Williams, I'm like, why the hell is Miss Marvel here? And as soon as she shows up, she's like, oh, well, defeated. I was like, seriously? Wow, that was dumb. Anyway, uh, one thing I guess they're trying to do is because she just had her show, they're trying to see how well her standalone issue for this event sells to whether or not to justify a new series. They, like I said, they made a lot of references to other series and issues, and I guess this was one of those issues where they're like, hey, this is our own issue, but check out and buy these stuff. Honestly, I think it was very dumb. And one thing I felt is that even, like, the previous events, like, Judgment didn't do this. Like, of course, you had to check out some of these other comics, but it wasn't like, oh, you have to. Anyway, uh, like I said, uh, the one thing I really hate about this is Zeb Wells' seemingly forgets that Spider-Man is able to do a bunch of stuff and does it for the sake of storytelling. I hope the next issue is better since the next issue is the X-Men one and that seems to write Spider-Man a whole lot better. Anyway that's it for uh, comics and if you're wondering why I'm not jumping into a DC one it's because DC has been lacking in their comic book runs and I couldn't find one I like. So, with that being said, the first docket on our TV show list is Peacemaker Season 2. Now, I know a lot of people have been going crazy, especially with the announcements of stuff being cancelled, actors being let go, but as far as I know, Peacemaker Season 2 is still greenlit, which honestly is not a surprise to me, since its creator is James Gunn, who is now co-CEO of the whole DC Extended Universe. Now, I think it's going to be cool with Peacemaker Season 2 basically getting started in this new universe with James Gunn basically being the creator, having full control of wherever this show can go. And whatever direction, whoever he wants to use, and since this is going to be already made and already in production, it's most likely this is going to help steer the direction of what's canon and what's not. Now, apparently, uh, James Gunn has said everything that he has made is going to be transferred into the new universe, which is basically because they barely have any connection to the other movies, with the exception of a cameo, which can be edited. So, this is pretty interesting. So, as far as I know, John Cena's still in, Margot Robbie's still in, anyone from the TV show is in, so it'll be pretty cool to see what comes next, and... See what season 2 holds since, I mean, James Gunn basically has the keys to the kingdom. be kind of cool if Batman shows up. Dude, can you imagine the budget? Oh my god. Anyway, uh, Kung Fu Panda season 2 has been greenlit and it has a trailer. And this is going to take the gang to India. I don't know if this is going to be canon with the upcoming movie, but honestly, it'll be interesting to see. Moving on, uh, speaking of Season 2, Vox Machina trailer finally dropped, and oh my god. I gotta say, the heroes are going to be traveling throughout the land to gather godlike weapons to help fight against the scourge of the dragons. And I gotta say, this is really great, I love the show, can't wait to see what Season 2 brings, and what nefarious things these guys are going to get into. Anyway, Invincible's Twitter has become active again and announced that it, they're going to be making an announcement on Season 2 and this was going to be the last month that it stayed silent. Now, I was excited about this because it's been almost two years, I think over two years now, since Season 1. And with them basically being in hiatus creating Seasons 3 and 4, not 3 and 4, 2 and 3, since they've been greenlit, it'd be pretty cool because one that means if season two drops next year that means we don't have to wait long for season three because they've been working on it since they've been approved and if that goes well season two goes well that means season four shouldn't be too far away and then we don't have to wait too long for that one because season three would have dropped the previous the next year and honestly i'm super excited now we were looking well me and my friend were looking at a few previous posts and found out one of the posts i think it was in june or july was talking about how um the chick who can multiply is a seven a four and a whatever i forgot what the last number is but that can hint that they are going to be in making an announcement that uh invincible season two is going to be dropping in july of 2023 which is kind of cool like i said i'm super excited about this I hope we don't have to wait two years for Season 3 since they were already approved before. And like I said, I'm super excited and super happy. Moving on. This is a different story. Ash and Pikachu's journey is coming to an end. Yes, after 25 years, the story of Ash and Pikachu is over. And with the previous anime ending uh, in January, they're going to be releasing an epilogue season where Ash is going to basically, I'm guessing, saying goodbye. Uh, so this is going to be a 11-part episode special where he's going to be, I guess, making amends, talking, seeing what his previous companions are up to, and it's going to be pretty good. Uh, the previous uh, season had an ending where Ash actually reunited with Butterfree, which was really nice to see. A lot of people were super sad about it because, I mean, 25 years, Jesus, that's a long time. And they already announced that they're going to be following a new set of characters. Uh, There's some rumor that this is going to be a time skip where it's Ash's daughter. Who knows? I'm super excited to see what comes next. And, I mean, what duo is going to be? I don't know if it's going to still be Pikachu or they're going to choose a different Pokemon to be the companion. Like I said, it's definitely going to be interesting. And I will be actively looking for this uh, series. Because, yeah, I mean, 25 years. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, that's it for uh, TV shows. We're going to be moving, moving on to movies. Uh, Black Adam has been in the news. And not for really good stuff. Apparently, The Rock's uh, team, marketing team has been leaking fake news about the movie making money when in fact it was losing money that's the crazy part I guess they thought by leaking that oh it's a huge hit everybody's liking it it's making over this many millions of dollars that people would be drawn to watch it but that hasn't been the case it's said to lose almost a hundred million dollars because it couldn't even break even and you know what it kind of sucks and I get why The Rock did this, because think about it. This dude has been in the making of this movie since 2014. That's almost nine years. Anyone would be frustrated for a movie not working out after you were spending so long working on it. I mean, look at Ryan Reynolds. That dude worked on Deadpool. And you know what? It became a big success. It really did. Now we're getting Deadpool 3. And, I mean, The Rock just found out that they're resetting the universe. So that means... All that work went for naught, and that really, really sucks. And I see people posting that this is an ego thing, and while it very may be, I mean, like I said, nine years of your life working on a project, I can understand why. I really can. Anyway, uh, moving on to the same subject is uh, DCEU dropped some big news that Henry Cavall after announcing that he was returning as Superman a couple months before, is officially not returning. And I, you know what, I get it. James Gunn and Peter Safran want to move forward with a new universe focusing on Superman's younger days, which James Gunn said he was going to direct and write him, well, not direct, but write himself. And you know what, it calls for a new actor to play him. And I, I get it. I Like I said, I get the need to reset the board. Everyone was talking about it. But it definitely sucks for Henry Cavall because he fits the role of Superman so well. And it sucks that because of WB's, like, lackluster direction, that, I mean, they didn't know what they were going to do. We didn't know if there was going to be a Superman movie anytime soon. Uh, before, it was like, oh, he's not back as Superman. They're going with a Supergirl movie. And it's just, like I said, it's really bad that after so many years of will he, will he not, that it's just all for naught. And like I said, I really trust James Gunn with the future of the DCU and the fact that he's writing the next Superman movie is pretty cool. But I I do feel bad for Henry Cavall because he was definitely unappreciated and underused in the DCEU that was pre-James Gunn. Anyway, uh, moving on. This is going to be a lot of talking about DC. Uh, Patty Jenkins is uh, basically trying to save face with everybody by posting on Instagram talking about her decision to walk away from WW3. Yes, her decision. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that one. Anyway, I saw someone basically translating the post saying that uh, she got mad she basically was let go she went to kathleen kennedy begging to uh basically begging for that rogue squadron movie which was dropped and it was just funny to see this translation i mean think about it uh it brought up a few good points she's been dropped from a lot of stuff she's no longer directing the cleopatra movie rogue squadron was taken out of the star wars lineup and with her recent movie wonder woman 3 being dropped because it didn't align with the new direction of dc and the fact that the producers which includes the decision from james gunn and saffron didn't like it it goes to say that i guess yeah she's trying to mitigate the downfall and she really doesn't have an upcoming project that people are like oh my god she's gonna it's fine she's gonna direct this she's gonna direct that there's really nothing really really nothing and if she can't convince Disney or Kathleen Kennedy to have Rogue Squadron back I guess uh she flew she crashed and she burned oh I can say anyway uh that's it for the DCU so far we're gonna be moving on to movie not movie well the next movie is a bit strange the Barbie movie yes um Barbie trailer or teaser has dropped and I gotta say, it's kind of interesting for this because one, it had the same opening as the 2001 Space Odyssey film, which I found funny and a cool callback, but the film has been um, written and directed by Greta Gerwig, who wrote coming of age stories like Little Woman and Lady Bird, which has a vastly different tone. So like I said, this movie holds my interest just because of the director i honestly i did not expect her to be doing a barbie movie so this interest will be kept up until i hear anything else will i go out of my way to watch it probably not i'll probably have my sister drag me along just so i can use her an excuse not a big fan of barbie but i mean like i said the director does have my interest at heart moving on we just got a trailer with adam driver called 65 and my god this looks like it's going to be a good movie so this is a movie where a crew in space crash, and crash on a mysterious planet, which turns out to be Earth, but 65 million years ago. Now Mills, who is played by Adam Driver, has to survive with the only other survivor of his crew. And not only do they have to survive the environment, but dinosaurs, yes, There isn't a human villain in this. It's going to be Survivor with the dinosaurs, mainly the carnivores being the villains. Now, I gotta say, this is awesome. Because one, this is how Jurassic Park should have moved on after Jurassic World. I get it that they were like, oh, we need the humans to be the bad guys for one, but that only works for one movie, not two. That's why Dominion sucked. It really did. It really did. And with them being, oh... This is going to be a survivor movie with the dinosaurs being these things. They have to survive, shoot the dinosaurs. This is what they should have done. Seriously, they had all the makings. But I'm really hoping that this movie lives up to its potential. Because honestly, it can be a really, really good film. Moving on. A teaser for Screen 6 has arrived. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. It has actually sparked my interest. Because... And I say this with a grain of salt, it's taking place in New York City. Now, why does this interest me? Because it's starring in a new place, a new location, a scarier location, because one, you have a killer stalking them, which around what the teaser has shown is around Halloween. And you know what? It's, it seems like it's a fresh. The tone for the teaser seemed a lot darker than the last one. And you know what? I didn't really enjoy the last movie. I really didn't. I I know a lot of people said, oh, it was awesome and blah, blah, blah. But the people made so many stupid mistakes and decisions and the cops were beyond stupid. I get it that they have to be naive and can't actually be like smart. But I mean, when you make them beyond stupid, beyond belief, it stops turning into a horror movie and just turns into a comedy. I mean, one thing I hated throughout the entire movie of part five was how, oh yeah, the captain is running home. Oh my God, the killer's at my house, blah, blah, blah. The killer had time not only to kill her, but her son, and they left the victim on guard. I was like, really? It was like common sense for that one went out the window. I'm hoping this is better. I really do. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see what comes next, because Neve uh, Campbell is not in this movie uh, she, the only person coming back from the original is Courtney Cox. And you, I'm curious here. I'm there like, okay, so who's hunting them and why? The last one had basically a super fans sending a message to the movie producers of the in-film series Fl- Slash. But I mean, I don't know. Is it like revenge? Is it like, oh, I'm going to put this on and kill somebody? I kind of feel like they should have moved on with new characters and stuff like that. Because the last one, it all revolved around um, uh, Sydney. Basically, oh, the second one was us, the killers, Stu's mother getting revenge and stuff like that. And the third one was basically, hey, this person is doing this because they're they're half-brother and they're the people who kind of manipulated everyone. The fourth one made sense because it's like, hey, I'm doing this to become famous, blah, blah, blah. But I'm there like, okay, so what's the motivation here? Does it have to do anything with the main chick being Stu's daughter or something along those lines? Who knows? I'm curious. Hopefully it's good or maybe it'll just be bleh. Anyway, uh, the new trailer for the upcoming Spider-Verse movie has dropped and it looks amazing. One thing I loved about it was the fact that there are so many different spider Man in this film. Ultimate Spider-Man, PS1 Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man, and many more making cameos. One thing I loved was Mayday Parker is going to be making an appearance, which is Spider-Man, Spider-B Parker's, Peter, well, Peter B. Parker's daughter. And that's awesome. And I kind of find it funny that in the movies, of course, Peter can have a family. He can move on, seem more mature. But when it comes to the editorial team in the comics, no, we have to keep him single, blah, 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 but make him older somewhat. It's just so funny and it's just, it's so stupid. Uh, One thing that's interesting enough is that Spider-Man 2099 is going to be not the main villain, but one of the main villains because we already know it's the spot. And honestly, in the trailer, Miles is being hunted for whatever reason, which is interesting. We're also getting a version of Jessica Drew, who's going to be African-American. And you know what? I've seen a lot of people throw backlash at this version because she's black. But here's the thing she is different from jessica drew that is in the comics because this one uses web shooters jessica drew in 616 does not her powers are actually not spider related she doesn't have a strength related to a spider or anything like that and i mean it's a multiverse movie why are people getting all uppity there's different versions of spider-man there's a black spider-man there's an indian spider-man there's a japanese spider-man But when it comes to Jessica Drew, oh my God, that's where we draw the line. Really? I see a lot of people trying to gatekeep these characters. I'm like, why? I also seen a lot of people call this multiverse thing lazy and get butthurt over the decision to race swap characters in this movie that don't matter because they're never going to show up in any other movie besides this one. It's like, seriously, they're acting like this is going to be the main character, blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like, really? It's a multiverse movie. There's going to be different versions. People need to calm down and realize it's just a movie and go along with the creative ride. I mean, when they revealed that uh, in the new universe with Miles, that Doc Ock was a woman, I thought it was like, oh, God, that's actually pretty clever because no one saw that coming. And now people getting butt hurt for the same uh, dramatic... Ex- I'm gonna just like, oh, come on, please. Stop gatekeeping characters and just just calm down. Ah, <sighs> It's nerds like these that give people like us a bad name. Anyway, uh, one thing uh, that I promised is I'm going to be going over a spoiler review of Black Panther. Now, I gotta say, Black Panther 2 was amazing. In my opinion, one if not the best movie of Phase 4. Now, it's crazy how black panther 2 was going on to see the stages of grief especially anger in shuri in the beginning she was trying to save her brother but we all knew that wasn't going to work and we saw how her anger just build up especially to the pivotal point when she finally recreated the sea, the flower and went into the great beyond or whatever her anger didn't lead her to her family but to killmonger and that shook me. I was like, good God. And you, I, one thing I loved was M'Baku saw that. He saw that within the movie. He saw that she was going for revenge and that's something her mother would not have wanted for her. Especially with how impressive Namor was. He was different from the comic, but he was still good. And Atlantis was impressive. And to see him praised as a god... Because of how long he lived and his history with everything else. One thing that I loved and the, what made him menacing was the fact that how powerful he was over Wakanda. Even in the movie, throughout the movie we saw that hey they're going to fight and it's going to be this entire thing. But we also saw the calamity of what if Wakanda would have won. Even at the end. While Shuri could have killed Namor right then and there, it would have cost her Everything Mbaku Riri her a guard because they all would have died. There's there's no there was no winning, they were surrounded, and that was basically all her forces right there. While Namor with Atlantis had so many more forces, so much more technology, and the fact that they were in the ocean-that's the crazy part. And one thing I loved was how they went through all the stages of grief, including forgiveness. And I got to say, Atlantis had some OP, like, attacks. Those sirens? Holy heck. I mean, good God, if no one knew about those and they just came out of the water and started singing, I mean, people would have died. One thing I loved was how that um, they showed Atlantis being its own type of Wakanda, that these people had lives. I mean, you had Shuri after trying to escape, trying to save that one person, but didn't. And Namor uh, fought blood with blood by killing the queen. I was absolutely shook when the queen died. I was like, holy hell. That wasn't something I was expecting. And one thing I loved about Wakanda Forever was the fact that they fixed Riri Williams. They really did. They fixed her character her comic book version sucked this one had personality they showed that she was an oh i'm the next iron man blah 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 i created a suit on my own i mean she created something but as she said in the movie it took her a long time to get the stuff right for what she had and i mean it was impressive but it wasn't the next tony stark iron man suit like they did in the movies where she made a fully automated iron man suit like at least this one it was taking steps like hey where she isn't, she's smart, but she isn't there yet. And with her being able to make the suit in Wakanda with the help of Shuri, it was pretty cool. And I can't wait to see what comes next for her character. Like I said, it was really good. And the ending after credit where we saw that they kind of recast it, but not recast it by having uh, T'Challa have a son. And his name is T'Challa the same. So when he grows up, maybe for a feature Avengers movie, he'll be the Black Panther and all that stuff. Like I said it was a really great movie I would have to give it a 9 out of 10 best movie in phase 4 with the story alone I know a lot of people would say Spider-Man and as much as I love Spider-Man it was the nostalgia for me that brought it in the story was it was good but Wakanda Forever was definitely more on top anyway moving on Violent Nights was another movie this is another spoiler so just give me a heads up was another movie that was fantastic It was slow in the beginning. It really was. The family in the beginning, especially the sister, annoyed the hell out of me. I mean, God. I was there thinking in my head, oh my God, I picked a bad movie. But when the bad guys finally showed up, especially when they were realizing this dude was Santa Claus, it became a bloodbath and it was amazing. The daughter in this movie, just good Lord. She basically showed me what Home Alone would look like if the guy was trying to murder everybody. This latter scene was just brilliant. I cringed. And it just was pretty cool. The one scene I thought was cheesy was when all the bad guys were going into the barn to shoot Santa. And instead of shooting him, he took them all out with a sledgehammer. Like I said, only part where I found really corny. I thought the ending was pretty fun. The whole Santa coming back to life because they believe was a little corny as well. But like I said, it was a pretty good movie. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Definitely would recommend for Christmas. And like I said, the second half when all the bad guys show up. That's when the movie really gets good. The, ah, just gore and everything, so good. And honestly, that's it for movies. We're gonna be moving on to video games. Spider-Man 2 is officially coming out in the fall of 2023. And I think this is exciting because we're that much closer to a Spider-Man game. And Insomniac has been doing a fantastic job with the both Spider-Man games they released, Miles Morales and the first Spider-Man game. And with them releasing a Wolverine one, I'm wondering if he's going to make an appearance in the in Spider-Man where we can control him and get a taste, a taste of what's to come next. Anyway, uh, moving on, apparently Sony is going to be releasing a multiplayer game set in the Horizon Zero Dawn universe. Now, with the job listings, it's looking like this game will be a MMORPG, which is going to be interesting because I expected a Battle Royale. And you know what? This universe has some really, really great potential for an online aspect with different people trying to survive, fighting these monsters, and exploring the areas. And it should be fun. Uh, This would definitely open up uh, PlayStation to the multiplayer genre, which is something they have been lacking. They really have been lacking in that aspect, and I'm excited, and this should be definitely fun, and I look forward to the final product. Uh, the Witcher 3 next-gen update looks pretty good. It's a free update, and I did get the free update because I bought The Witcher 3 for like 10 bucks, I think, last year. Well, I haven't finished it, it's really good that I get the free upgrade. And it's nice to see that CD Projekt Red can release a game without so many game-breaking bugs. Anyway, Into the Dead series has jumped from a Temple Run-style zombie game to what looks like a 2D side-scrolling game. And it's a great twist, and I'm super excited. I remember playing this on my mom's phone when I was younger. Uh, When I finally got my phone, I played part one. I played a little bit of part two. So it's a really great series, and I'm excited for them evolving and turning into something else. Uh, Moving on, Shipment is back and has just been released on Modern Warfare 2. And you know what? I have a love-hate relationship with this map. I really do because it's kind of like one of those maps where everyone basically either uses the shotgun, uses uh, an MP3 or something like that, or whatever short-range fast gun they want. And like I said, it's close quarters, so people are going to die, and it's either how fast you can shoot, how fast you can reload, and it's going to be fun. I am probably going to throw my controller to the wall Guarantee that's going to happen, but we'll see what happens, and uh, hopefully Shipman is as lovable as I remember it. Anyway, uh, moving on, Harry Potter. Uh, The new game, Hogwarts Legacy, showed some gameplay where you're able to fly your broom everywhere. The mechanic seems pretty cool. I know the gameplay still needs to be polished, so can't wait for the final product, and they also talked about how you can use forbidden spells, like uh, uh, Avada Kadaba. To insta kill enemies. Of course it's going to have a long cooldown. Because I mean that'd be kind of BOP. But the fact you can kill and torture enemies. Kind of brings something special to the Harry Potter universe. Because you can make whatever you want. A dark wizard. Something in the middle. Will I be using that spell when I play this game? Maybe. Maybe I won't. Who knows. But like I said I'm excited for this game. And how open they are to letting people choose their own path. Uh, anyway, uh, the new trailer for Cosmic Shake, the Spongebob game, which is a sequel to Battle of the Bikini Bottom, has been released. And you know what? It looks pretty cool. The new bosses, the new battle mechanics. I've always wanted them there to be a sequel to the Battle of the Bikini Bottom when I used to have it on the P- PlayStation 2. I mean, the Spongebob Squarepants movie game is definitely something of a sequel. But still, it's really good that it's getting a true sequel, and I'm super excited because that game is honestly amazing. Uh, My Hero Academia skin is now available on Fortnite, and it's amazing how uh, all the animes are getting more and more appreciated, especially when it comes to the mainstream. Now, I do love My Hero, and for what it looks like, they definitely snagged a special attack similar to the Kamehameha from the Dragon Ball event. While this one is a little more close combat, it does it does do some serious damage, but it's not an insta-shot, and honestly, it's it kind of does suck. Because it has a long use time. So you've got to power it up and then you fly towards your enemy sometimes. If they're close enough, it'll one-shot. But if it's not, you can really attack somebody. And depending on how powerful your gun is, you can kill them before they even get to you. So, I mean, close combat attacks aren't really that great in Fortnite. Honestly, would have been better if he was doing some type of shooting or something like that or it boosts your speed so you can start running everywhere that would have honestly been great just shooting places where they can barely shoot you and you can just shoot and do stuff at the same time but i mean it is what it is uh moving on uh high on life has been released and wow isn't that an interesting game seriously if you like rick and morty or even solar opposites types of humor humor this game is for you if not definitely would stay away i honestly been playing it. it i really don't mind the humor but i have had some close calls with my headset being unplugged for some of the jokes definitely do not play this with people around you're not gonna like it and you might get in trouble depending on how old you are especially with it being free on game pass definitely side on caution if there's people in the room that you're not gonna want them to hear any of the words Anyway, that's it for um, video games. We're going to be moving on to nerd theories. James Gunn and the rumors surrounding his decision for the DCEU has been heavily criticized. And I get that there was a lot of rumors going around that he didn't like Henry Cavall or that he's making decisions on what to keep on what he's made. And you know what? These rumors, I believe half of them is not the ones where he doesn't like Henry Cavall. I believe he's using this opportunity to really close clean house and do something that the DCEU desperately needs. I mean, if you he's keeping what worked and what didn't and keeping everything fresh. And you know what? I believe he has the truest, truest intentions for the DC universe to what to use and what not to use and making the actors as young as possible to continue this universe makes perfect sense. I mean, I believe this isn't the last controversy we're going to see about some of the casting, but I believe compared to whatever WB had in mind, it's definitely going to be better. Uh, There is a new leak talking about the next game on Naughty Dog's list, and it's going to be The Last of Us Part 3. Now, apparently the leaker has leaked some interesting stuff before and has been right about it, especially when it came to the TV show. Now... I don't know where the story is going to go. I mean, I can make an opinion. Maybe it's going to be solely focusing on Ellie or because of how the backlash happened with The Last of Us Part 2, especially when it came to Abby, maybe new characters. That would be actually kind of cool. But honestly, in my opinion, I want them to continue Ellie's story because her ending was so depressing. I hated it. I really wish she had a happier ending. I really, really do not want to play as Abby. And I really hope she doesn't show up. And if she does, I'll be debating whether or not to play this game. Because I really wish she would have died. Now, I will say this. As much as I do hate Abby, I really hated that she got her happy ending. I really did. I really, really did. And if they do The Last of Us Part 3, I i don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how much more depression I'll be able to take. And if Abby does make an appearance, I want to say this right here, right now. I really hope the fans do not hate on the actress like the last time. That was really dumb. Why are you hating on the voice actress? She's only voicing the character. She's not the one who wrote it. And I just, this is why fans are given the bad name. It's because people do stupid stuff like this and attack the voice actress. Seriously, not cool. Like I said, in my opinion, I think they're going to be moving on to new characters, but if they don't, I really hope Ellie gets a happier ending and it's her own game. Really do. Maybe you'd be cool if the dynamic changed, where she is uh, having someone younger than her and she's playing the role of Joel. That would be amazing. It really would. Anyway, uh, that's it for nerd theories moving on to current events. Uh, Warhammer fans are probably going to be super happy because the announcement of Henry Cavall is going to be producing and starring in a Warhammer 4000 series made by Amazon. And you know what? This is great news, especially since Henry Cavall is a huge Warhammer fan. Heck, he's been on TV saying how he has like the... um, what what are they called the trinkets like the uh, the doll not the dolls like the action figures or whatever where whenever he plays warhammer to set his armies against someone else and you know what that's awesome he's gonna make sure that the source material is faithful and that everything goes up and up because that's the one criticism he had about the witcher they moved away from the source material and i'm really happy that he has a project outside of superman after being outed I really do, and I really hope he gets more opportunities because he's a great actor. He really is. Anyway, uh, that's it for my current events. And like I said, this is going to be the last episode of the year, and I will be back in January. So honestly, I wish you guys a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, a Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and stay safe. You guys have a blessed one, have a good one, and I'll see you next year. Have a blessed day.